zero stage breaks, and a lot of overtime restarts made Coda a very interesting race. But what did you think about it? Let's dive into it. If you watched practice and qualifying, the winner of this race was no surprise to you. He was clearly the fastest driver all weekend, plus he got his fourth career victory in the Cup Series, three of those coming from road courses. Of course, we're talking about Tyler Reddick, driver of the number 45 at 2311 Racing, and with the flat-out dominance that he had all weekend, it would be crazy if I did not give him this week's ATYL MVP award, so that's what we're going to do. He is this week's MVP. Near the end of the race, there was a great battle between Tyler Reddick and the fifth place car of William Byron, who I thought had the second fastest car all weekend. William Byron got the pole this weekend, so unfortunately he wasn't able to finish in the second position. But again, those overtime restarts that we're going to talk about in a little bit really shook things up. However, the driver that did finish in second place quite possibly had maybe the third or fourth fastest car of the day, and that was Kyle Busch. And I would say it is really good to see that early on in the season that he and Tyler Reddick are having success at their new homes. It was very ironic seeing Kyle Busch battling it out with the driver who used to be in his car. But when I sit down, look at the stats, look at these drivers, the thing I love to see is that they're having almost immediate success at their new homes. Granted, Tyler Reddick had a rough start to the season. Kyle Busch was able to win, what, four races in with his new team. Tyler Reddick was able to win, I think, seven races in with his new team if we're counting the clash. So major props to RCR and 2311 for creating environments where these drivers can be successful. And it goes to show because the equipment at these teams are not top tier. So it goes to show how good Tyler Reddick and Kyle Busch actually are as drivers. We all knew that they were good, right? But they're elevating this equipment. And I would expect that both of them are going to win more times than they've already have this season. So maybe for Tyler Reddick, like maybe another two wins, maybe three that might be pushing it for Kyle Busch. I would say another two wins. Easy. And if you watch the broadcast, Kurt Busch was in the booth. It was really touching to hear him. He got really choked up when he was talking about how just the team has rallied together and how the energy at 2311 is really positive and how he's really proud of Tyler Reddick. So um, I wasn't tearing up. I definitely wasn't tearing up. I was kidding. I'm, I was very emotional with Kurt Busch over this. And you probably were too. Uh, just because the emotion behind seeing your car go to victory lane that you would have been in this season if it weren't for some health stuff. So it was probably really emotional, but like bittersweet for Kurt Busch kind of sitting in the booth watching his car go to victory lane, but very excited for him in that 2311 team. The rest of your top 10, third place, we have Alex Bowman, fourth, Ross Chastain, fifth, William Byron, as I mentioned earlier, sixth, Austin Sindrick had an up and down day, seventh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., eighth, Chris Buescher, ninth, Ty Gibbs, and 10th, Todd Gilliland. Very impressive ending to that top 10 right there. And we often forget that Front Row Motorsports is really, really solid at road courses. Their whole program, even in the Truck Series, is really good. Zane Smith getting the Truck Series win, if you didn't see it. Uh, he actually got the car on fire uh, during his burnout. So they have a solid program there. I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least a Michael McDowell win on the cup side at a road course this season, if things go according to plan. But never count them out, especially in your fantasy lineups. And a driver I have to mention is Corey LaJoy, constantly finishing either within the top 15 or something like that during these races. Last season, his average finish at this point in the season was around 22 point something. Right now, it is 15.17. His average finish is way better than last season, and honestly, he could point his way into the playoffs. He currently sits 15th in points, and with that said, let's actually take a look at our points. We're farther enough into the season where I can start really focusing on the playoff points, see who's in, who's out, and I guess at this point, kind of predict who we're gonna see in that round of 16. 
So when you look at these lists for the first time, the drivers in orange are the ones that have won and are into the playoffs. The drivers in white are the ones that are in on points. And the drivers in yellow are the drivers that are sitting outside that round of 16 bracket. So if we're looking at the playoff grid, of course, things are going to be shaken up a little bit because it's not just pure points. But Byron, Logano, Reddick, Bush, and Stenhouse all have wins. So five drivers automatically locked into the playoffs. And if you go down the list, I said LaJoy was 15th in points. But when we look at the playoff standings, he's actually 16th on the inside. But on the outside looking in, we have Alex Bowman minus 13. A lot can change. The points are really tight. And obviously, yes, I said I could predict who's going to be in the round of 16 at this point. But realistically, it's still very early in the season. So Definitely things are going to shake up, but also very interesting to see that Bowman, despite the points issue that Hendrick Motorsports is having with their penalty, Bowman's getting back into the games. Maybe. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Now it's time to get into a controversial topic, talking about overtimes and talking about do they need to go? Should they stay? What needs to happen? But we had three overtime finishes at Circuit of the Americas. Luckily, Tyler Reddick was able to hang on to that for all three of those restarts. I was nervous. I was actually going to be pretty mad for Tyler Reddick if he wasn't able to hang on to it. There was one point where I didn't think he would, but they were getting exhausting. The overtime restarts were getting pretty exhausting. Now, overtime finishes. They're not new. We've seen them shake up the finishes of these races, the results before and seasons past. This season, though, it's very evident that early on, they're shaking up more than I personally would like them to. If we look at three races in particular, the Daytona 500, the Phoenix race, and Vegas, each one of those races... Like, if you mark at the actual length of the race, had a different winner. Then we had a late race caution, leads to an overtime restart, and a different driver won that was leading at the time where the race should have actually ended. Or during those races, we had a dominant car all day, and then during the overtime restart or a pit stop leading into the overtime restart, they either didn't execute on pit road or they lost it on that restart, and then somebody else won. But what's the solution? What's the fix? What do I think NASCAR might want to consider? What would I, as a fan talking to you, want, would want NASCAR to consider? Well, there are a few thoughts I had through my head right after the race, and then I thought about it. And then I think I have a definitive just kind of answer for myself. So I thought that overtime restarts should have a limit. We do three, and that is it. You're done, period. Or we just get rid of them completely, and we race back to the checkered, and that's it. As I said earlier, I actually asked you all on Twitter what you thought, and Matthew Dillner actually commented, absolutely love and respect Matthew Dillner. He said, I lived the years of races ending under caution, snooze, green, white, checkered rule, period. The alternative sucked and then sucks. I saw other varying opinions, and I started to think about the perspective of the fan at the track, and here's what I'm thinking, and I guess even at home too. If I'm sitting or I'm standing and I'm watching a three to four hour race, and then the race goes into overtime restarts, and we hit two or three, and the NASCAR decides to call it because we're way overdoing it, I'm going to be mad. I want to see the race end under green. So in that case, overtime is a great rule. I'm also recognizing that, hey, this race has gone on for three or four hours. We're overtime after overtime after overtime, and I'm getting upset, especially if the race ends in a different winner than who dominated the entire day. So here's at least one solution I'm going to offer, and I want to hear what you have to say in the comments below. But for the road courses, and maybe, maybe the super speedways, we limit it to three overtimes and then you're done, or two overtimes, then you're done, because it takes longer than like a mile and a half or a short track to get back to the finish line. It gives the field an opportunity to keep wrecking because it takes so long to get back, and that's going to get frustrating. So maybe limiting that, and because I know overtime restarts 
are really a time of desperation for these drivers. They see that they have the ability to get to the front of the field. It's their last chance. There's going to be wrecks and spinouts. So that's why I say limit it in those cases. But I don't know. I could have a totally different opinion than you. You could hate my opinion, but I want to know what you think. Let me know in the comments. The big story of this race, though, is the rule change that we have no stage cautions during this race. We still give out stage points, though, which I liked and I think the fans have been begging for for a little bit of time. And let me tell you, it was a success. Let me tell you, it was Strategy City. There was so much happening, it was hard to keep track of, but in a really good way. And it was shaping up to be a fuel mileage race if it wasn't for the cautions near the end of the race. Because if it weren't for the cautions, I think Tyler Reddick would have run out of fuel, Byron and Bowman would have run out, and Trackhouse was probably set to be the winners of this race if they were able to stay like on their fuel window. It was really, really entertaining, and Dale Jr. actually tweeted, he said that this race felt long, but in a good way, and I would have to agree, the flow of the race was so much better than those stage cautions that really broke up the action. I would say the only cons of still having the stage cautions is that there is not a natural place for commercial breaks, so you're going to have a commercial break when we're in the green flag action. That means that there's a better likelihood that we're going to have maybe a caution or an incident during those times. And of course, you don't have a built-in snack and bathroom break, so that kind of sucks, especially for the fans at the track, but... The positives of having a solid race, a solid flow to the race, varying strategy, it weighs out those cons by a long shot. With that said, we got to go into the race rating because that really just brings me into how I thought of the race overall. Circuit of the Americas, I know the first time we went to this track, I know it was the whole rain situation. Everyone was like, we can't go back. This sucked. And I said, give it a year. Give it a year or two. And I was right. I I'd like to say I was right in this case because the product that we had, especially with the new aero package that's bringing us less downforce at these road courses and short tracks, was phenomenal. The racing was fantastic. And there was always movement within the mid-pack and even at the front of the field. I know the leader got away for a lot of the race, but they were able to catch up. And that was really exciting to see. The only thing that was a downer during this race was those overtime restarts, but I can understand it and I can kind of set that to the side a little bit. I honestly have to give this race a 90%. It was one of my favorites of the season so far and we're only seven races in. I know I've been harsh on some of these ratings, but this race was really, really good, really solid after I think the past few weeks of me not feeling that great about the racing. This was fantastic. I want to see more of this going forward. But let me know what you thought in the comments below. Next time you'll see me is a live stream on Thursday night. We're going to have a special guest from an up and coming race car driver. She is fantastic, incredibly talented. Who is it though? Make sure to follow me on social media for that announcement. My Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you can find me is on the screen for you at underscore Taylor Kitchen underscore and above the yellow line. Also follow Toby Christie Com for other great motorsports content. With that said, I look forward to chatting with you all on Thursday. And until next time, I'll see ya. Want more great motorsports content? Make sure to watch the videos right here and click the link.